0: Alright guys, thanks for joining us on the Old Glory Red Report. Uh, In today's video we'll cover last week's big home win against T2. We'll also look ahead to this Saturday night's game. It's an away match against Rio Grande Valley Toros. We'll do that right after this. All right, guys, thanks for joining us at the Old Glory Red Report, a supporters channel by the supporters, for the supporters. Of course, we're shooting here at Four Rock Brewing in Rancho Cordova, so if you haven't been out here, please come out, great beer, great atmosphere, it's a good environment, they got games on all the time, they got baseball on right now, some, some beach volleyball, so it's always good stuff out here. So, I'm with my good buddies, KCJ, Jonathan Glatz, I'm Mark Souza, of course, so. We'll go into the first part of this video, and that is the post-match. We played T2, Portland Timbers 2, last Saturday. We come away with a 1-0 victory. Maybe a little nervy at times, but ultimately we got the three points. Hayden Partain gets on the score sheet. We take a lead going into the half. But before we jump into all the exciting plays and moments of the game, I gotta ask you, Casey, about the formation. We saw something different. From a Simon Elliott team, which usually does not happen, we saw a five-back formation, a 5-4-1. I think it was a 5-2-3 in attack. But what did you think of the lineup when it was first posted and you saw right before the match started?
1: Uh, I was shocked. Um, Elliott's not one known for his changing tactics. He's stuck to that 4-2-3-1 quite...
0: The tried and true.
1: Yeah, you know, he's been iron-fisted about that one, and he has changed the rotation of players, but we haven't seen that formation change. So this big formation change was surprising, but it fits the defenders we have. We talked about the illustrious back line that we have available to us, and when you have that many good defensive players and left-back, right-back, or outside players, you're going to use them. So this definitely took advantage of that 5-4-1.
0: Yeah, I think we can all agree that our defenders are the best part of our team. I mean, other than Cohen being an amazing keeper yeah. in the USL. When you look at defenders, midfielders, and forwards, we're obviously more stout in the back than we yeah. are in any other uh, position on the field. So, John, I'll ask you the same question. When you saw the formation and we knew, I mean, obviously with the 11 players, that there would be a different tactic going forward, what would you think about it?
2: I mean, I, I... – it worked, so I liked it. Yeah. Um, that's all I can really-
0: If you win, it's good. If you win, we it's lose, good. It's bad, you know, it's bad. Um, it's a
2: stroke of
1: genius when you win. I you know,
2: I, I did really like the way we were moving the ball. Um, I liked the way the, our guys were getting forward, especially into the box. Um, I thought Blackwood played really well. Um, I thought we had a lot more offsides than we normally do. And I, I, I wonder if that's because of, you know, kind of new players in the mix or kind of unusual formation. Um, but, but overall, I thought it was a good good, uh, good formation against a, a team very similar to us.
0: Yeah, and we saw something unusual in the midfield as well with only two midfielders in Partain and VRL, but no Ray Sari. So what did you think of that going in, not seeing Sarri on the sheet and looking at the lineup and being like, oh, we may only have two in the midfield instead of our normal three.
1: Yeah, no Iwasa and no Sarri surprised me, especially since such a good team like Portland where you think you would want all your best players out there. Portland's a good attacking team, and sorry was definitely missed at some times on the field. But I, I think overall, the 5-4-1 led itself to a good defensive shape where he could it could take that pressure that Sari would have absorbed with him being in. So I don't think it was big as a miss in this one. If we were in the 4-2-3-1, sorry being out would have probably been a bigger miss. But with the back five, I don't think it was...
0: Yeah, I think Elliot uh, got away with one, in my opinion, because it was a game we needed to win. It was a home game against a really good opponent, a team we'd already lost to earlier in the season. And it was very risky, in my opinion, to sit Iwasa and Sari, arguably two of your best field players on the entire team. So, it worked out though, like we we mentioned. If you win, it's good. If you lose, it's bad. Uh, So, let's talk about Barahona getting his first start, him flying up the wing. He obviously is credited with the assist, the really nice cross to Hayden Partain. What do you think of his performance uh, starting on that left-hand side?
2: I, I, was, I was very impressed with it. I mean, you haven't gotten to see him too much, especially coming in as a sub. He usually comes in a lot later. So he doesn't hasn't gotten too much time on the pitch, but I'm very happy with him, obviously with his contributions. And I thought he played well defensively. I thought he played well getting forward. Um, and I thought he was a very needed asset on the team. Um, you know, one of the, my favorite one of the reasons that Elliot Hort has been my favorite player is his ability to get some amazing crosses in. He he has a Elliot Hort has a great cross, and and, and Juan Barahona has shown that he's got a, a really good cross too. So I'm, that's something I felt has been lacking, and. Uh, I'm glad that, that he, he showed that he's, he's also very capable of doing that as well as playing that position. And this
1: formation probably did play into his strengths because him and McCrary were getting up a lot in this game. Uh, at times we were in a back three when we were attacking even because they were getting so far forward. So.
0: A left footed left back kind of reminds me of a guy that we all miss, James Kiffey a little yeah. bit. Signs well of James Kiffey there of the left back flying up the wing and sending in those nice crosses. So, uh, Casey, I'll ask you, were you surprised to see Tyler Blackwood not only start but play a striker role?
1: Yeah, I was definitely surprised to see him start just because I wasa is obvious choice and then the coach has preferred Bonomo over um, Blackwood in the recent days, uh, pretty much from the start of the season, honestly. But it's good. We've seen Blackwood play that position for Swope Park when he was over there. He provides a little bit more behind the back line making those darting runs. Now, like John said, he did get caught off sides quite a bit, which was unfortunate. And maybe that's a little bit of, you know, the, the back line not being playing enough with him to, to read that well enough or whatever. But it provided an option. And when you're playing a back by, sometimes you need to ping the ball forward and just let the front chase it, that forward chase it. And that's what I think he provided. So yeah. I, I think it worked out. Like you said, if, if we win this, it's a great move. If we lose this, maybe we question why he did it. So
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to jump in and say... I think he is offside a lot. You know, and that's not just him playing striker, but I think even when he was getting the starts on the wing at the beginning of the season, I don't know if it's a lack of timing from him, a lack of timing from the distributor playing that ball through, or what, but he seems to always be offside about two to three times every time he gets in.
2: So. You like to Which, see that, and, and yeah, I was gonna say I'm not. I mean, opposed. you like to you like to not see it, but you or, like the aggressiveness. You like that's thing. it. I get yeah. it. you're right. I'm not opposed to players being offsides. It shows that you know we're going forward, we're attacking, we're beating the defenders. But um, you know, you also want to see that cohesion. You want to see the wingers, especially, work with the strikers and kind of understand each other when they're gonna run, when they're gonna cross.
0: Right, so a goal taken away due to offside. Um, also, Blackwood did have a big opportunity that he wasn't able to get on frame, but I agree that I think the movement was there. He does find a way to free himself in the box where I think Bonomo kind of lacks, but it's still the end product, right? I mean, it is what it is. When you're a striker, you're judged on putting the ball in the back of the net. He didn't score. Maybe we will see him, I guess, get another shot. Do you think that we'll see Tyra Blackwood maybe start our next game at Stryker, or do you think that we might see a return of Bonamo or maybe Iwasa?:
1: I, I say we see Bonomo or Iwasa. Um, I don't think he did enough this game to justify himself being up there, but honestly, besides Iwasa, Bonamo hasn't done the work either so. It's up in the air for me, but the coaches like Bonomo more than anybody else this season, so I can easily see him getting the start again uh, at any point right now. So,
0: So, uh, talking about Hayden Partain, finally getting some minutes. He is a player that I've been clamoring about. I think he needs to play more minutes. Yeah. I think he provides more of an attacking spark than maybe Sari and Villarreal do. and Stundrich, I think, is a little makes too many mistakes for me at this moment in time. What do you think of Hayden Partain's performance? I mean, obviously he scored, but just in general, his game.
2: I mean, I think he added a lot, um, especially once he got in the box and um, scored the goal. And we had we had a um, clean sheet. We had, uh, I think, we controlled possession, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah. Um, and I think he played really well. And I would. I would like to see him more going forward. He is a very good player. He's proved as much this season, the amount that he's played, and and last season as well. He also had that really nice shot from distance before he scored.
0: I think it was off that rebound corner kick. Uh, Knuckleball goalie had trouble with it. He makes a save, but he couldn't corral it. So, um, yeah, I really liked what I saw from Hayden Partain. Uh, But I guess. I guess uh, we'll talk about some of the other big moments of the game. We do go up one nil into the half. Second half, we had a glorious chance to seal the game, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Sam Warner taken out, I think it was the right call, penalty awarded. Yeah. Sam Warner is picked to take the kick with Awasa, our normal penalty taker on the bench. He smashes it off the crossbar. Were you confident going into that penalty, or were you thinking like, hey, I don't know, this is the first time that he's taken one for this club?
1: I was confident because he is a guy that knows how to, to, to score a goal. He is a guy that's not unfamiliar with putting the ball in the net, so I thought he could do it. I mean, he's, he's millimeters off. That ball is just a slight bit shorter or a slight bit lower, and it goes in because it hit the underside of the bar and came out. So he's a bit unlucky, I think, on the day. But he did take a big hit before the penalty, so that's also something to keep in consideration. Maybe he was still feeling a little bit of that knock before he took it.
0: John, what would you think? Was Uh, either I guess would would you have picked him of all the players on the pitch at that moment?
2: No, going into a little bit of what Casey said, especially with the knock he took. And especially given in how he takes shots, he's not the guy I choose for the job. He, he likes to smash him. He likes to
1: smash him, and he <laughs> likes to shoot him high. He likes, to get,
2: he likes to get the upper corners. Um, and I, I think, you know, with those two things, I would have given it to Blackwood probably. He's a striker. He can do all, I mean, theoretically, he can do all sorts of things. Um, I am of have the opinion strikers should take penalties, but that's just me. Um, and... I think he is the wrong choice. I was not confident going in, especially given the hit he took, because he went down hard. You saw him get hit, and he just flopped down. Like there was no protecting his head, body, anything. He, he, got he hit just pretty flopped. Good. Um Absolutely. So I would have taken him off for a concussion evaluation. <laughs> but but uh, who would you have picked? Blackwood. Blackwood. was our striker on the field. Like I said, I'm of the opinion that strikers should probably take take penalties. They're the ones who should have the ability to score goals. They can shoot. They are supposed to be able to shoot in a variety of ways, and can keep the keeper guessing.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, two big chances Portland Timbers two had in the second half. We saw Cohen get beat, but Mahoney comes in and saves the day, clears the ball off the line, clutch, clear to preserve save the of three the week. points. And Cohen also had a really big save too on a shot inside the box where he's diving to his left. He parries the ball away. I think those two moments were Timbers' best opportunities to score. And we might have gotten a little bit lucky to get the three points, but on the flip side, we also missed the penalty. So uh, with that being said, do you think we'll see this formation moving forward? Maybe not every time, but as an option? Or do you think this is more of a a one-off? Maybe it was the opponent, the 11, who were fit and healthy. What do you think, Casey?
1: I think this is an option. I think this is a team you want to play against the phoenixes of the game that are going to provide that more offensive attacking-minded possession. There are going to be teams that are going to challenge you where you're going to need that extra defender in there. And I think with the defensive lineup we have available to us, this is going to help quell strong attacks. Now, when I think we go against weaker teams, like we're going to see against Rio Grande next week, I don't think we play. I think we go back to the four-two-three-one. I think that's better suited for the kind of game Elliot once played. But the five-four-one does provide that extra coverage against very strong teams. So I think it will come back. I think he's liked it. I think it worked, and he'll try it again. John, what do you
2: think? I think, by and large, we're going to see see what Coach does. Um, I think this was successful, and it was against a, a very similar team, so we were able to stymie them. Uh, however, you say that word. Yeah. That was right. And uh, I, I think that we might see it occasionally. But I think Coach Elliott isn't one that really changes tactics. So I think we're not going to see it too often. I think we'll probably see, see the same tactic that, that we and, and a very similar lineup to what we normally see.
1: Some more of the same.
0: Yeah. So ultimately, we get the win. We get the three points against a team ahead of us in the standings. It was a big win. It puts us in an eighth spot, going from 10th to 8th. Uh, within striking distance of the top four, if we get a couple good results moving forward here in the next couple weeks. A couple
1: games in hand. You can
0: see us back in the top four. I think Phoenix is, by and large, they're probably going to get the number one seed unless their unless season they have goes downhill. Yeah. At yeah. this
1: point, they ran away with it. But yeah?
0: Fresno, Reno are certainly in striking distance. Portland Timbers too, of course, and uh, a couple teams that we could pass just with the win this weekend. So, Casey, let's talk about your man of the
1: match. My man of the match is going to be Partain. He scores the goal. He's a hard-working player. He gets in. He deserves his minutes, I think. He had a very good game all of, overall. He doesn't just attack. He gets back. He defends. He plays that press. He's an all-around player to me. He's. I'm a Liverpool fan, and he's, to me, a James Milner of the game. Where you can put him in any position – play him on any given day after he hasn't played for a few games, he's still gonna come in and perform for you. So for me, it's Martin all day.
2: John, what, what about you? Uh, I'm actually gonna go with Juan go uh, uh He comes in after being a sub. You don't really see it. Haven't seen too much good stuff from him as a sub. Um, kind of, not lackluster, but quiet performances. Uh, but he comes in, he plays fantastically defensively, plays fantastically going forward. Serves a fantastic cross into the box, which is converted to a goal. I, I credit the goal more to, to Juan than to, to Partain, and so he gets, he gets my vote. And Barahona gets on the USL
0: Team of the Week, so congrats to him.
1: Also vote for Colin for uh, Save of the Week.
0: Josh Cohen Save of the Week, go ahead and do that on the USL page. Uh, All right, so I'm going to agree with Casey here. I'm going to say Partain, although I think you'd have to go with one of these two.
1: Marahona gets the nod for sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. Partain, just because I thought he was strong from start to finish, he had another really good opportunity. They put the ball in the frame. I just like his movement. I think from the center midfield he gives us more of an attacking option than maybe some of the other central midfielders do on the team. I want to see him get more minutes, and I'm happy that he took advantage of the time that he got in this game. So, I guess uh, we'll move on to the pre-match for the next,
1: uh, our opponent. We'll do that right after this. Thanks for having me. Um, My name is Sarah Mike, and I'm here from the National MS Society Waves to Wine Bike Ride. (laughs) Um, it's a really fun bike ride, September 21st through 22nd. Um, all of the funds benefit the National MS Society and people living with MS in the United States. Um, it's, there's a couple of different routes, from 20 to 100 mile routes for two days, um, from Brisbane to Roanert Park. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So come check us out at www.waves2wine.org. Thanks. All right, guys, so we'll jump into the pre-match, Rio Grande Valley Toros. That's the last time I'm
0: going to say that. R-G-V-T is what we'll call them from here on out.
1: Rio Grande Valley Toros. Yeah,
0: so they are the Houston Dynamo 2 team. But before we jump into it, I want to bring up a stat that I find very interesting because it is a critical time of the season. Casey just talked about how we're striking distance from the top four and we do have some games in hand. Well, Our next six opponents are beneath us in the standings. So we did just have a run there where we played a bunch of teams ahead of us. Reno, Fresno, Portland, well not anymore. So the next six opponents, RGVT, New Mexico United, OC, San Antonio, Las Vegas, and Colorado. So there's a big, big chance here to get, I'm not saying 18 points, but I think we could get 12, 13 points or so. And I think that might be able to get us close to that top four as we approach the end of the season. So, with that being said, we start off with Rio Grande Valley Toros. They have not scored a single goal in four consecutive games. They've won one in their last five. They just tied uh, Tacoma Defiance at home, 0-0, where they had a lot of shots where they couldn't put one in. And their most recent game, they lose to Phoenix 1-0, which is actually not a bad loss considering how dominant Phoenix has been this year. But, Casey, coming into this game, what do you think our chances are this Saturday night?
1: Well, this is a team not in form. This is a team not scoring like you talked about. So I'm feeling confident. I think this is one that we can go out and win, uh, especially after a pretty decent performance from the boys against Portland, A, a tough team. Uh, it's, a te- it's a game we should win, at least, in my opinion. This is one of those ones that you have to put in the bag so that you can take on those bigger challenges later on it's in the season. And if you don't win these games, then you're not going to have a good season.
0: Another stat, too. They haven't scored in four straight games, and three of those games were at home. So, you know, they're not scoring in their friendly confines. But, hey... 15th place that they sit in on 20 points they've scored 29 goals and they've given up 34 John what do you think our chances are going into
2: this Saturday I think if I think right now this is going to be a game where we're going to need to rely on our defense um, they don't have a high goal score but they're also kind of similar to us in the fact that their goal difference is only five. Our goal difference is only five. We've scored five more, they've scored five less. So honestly, that's not that big of a difference considering how far down they are. So they have the ability to to if we're we're lack lackadaisical, um, to score. And I mean, granted, I think we have this in the bag, but it's something we need to be aware of that they're they're if you look at the goal differential, they're not too terribly different than we are right now. Yeah. Um but, you know, they, they obviously don't have the best record. So it, I think it's a game we win. I think They have a
1: conversion problem as well like we do. I they get a the, lot of shots, but they don't convert them. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, they're under
0: 15%. But I think a big reason why they're not scoring goals lately is two of their best three attacking players are no longer with the club. Michael Salazar, he got called up by Dynamo about a month ago. He hasn't, he's been playing in the MLS. He's been getting minutes in the MLS. He just played last week. He's been coming off the bench as a substitute. He started off with eight goals in 12 games for Rio Grande Valley. So, you know, he got called up. They lose him. He was their best striking option. They also lost Malik Foster, a player who just played for Jamaica in the Gold Cup. He was on a loan. The loan ended. His team pulled him back. So, Hey, he had three goals and four assists and 11 appearances. Those two guys are gone. So tell me about who we should watch for.
1: Oh Well, you're going to have Small, Carlos Small. Um, He's one of the guys, he's got 15 appearances with seven goals. So he's going to be someone to kind of watch out for. But like you talked about, this is a team that has been feeding the Houston Dynamo recently. And the Dynamo have been using this as a feeder club a lot more in the recent years. We saw it a little last season. But this season, especially, so that has hurt their team on a lot of their big, talented players. Uh, but they're going to fill those ranks in. So you know, it's, it gives you that wild card feel for a game almost, because when those guys go out and new guys come in, and sometimes you don't know what to expect.
0: Yeah, Carlos Small, the seven goals in 15 appearances, he is their lone striker. They do play a similar formation to us—a four-three-three, four-two-three-one. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where. They started off doing better at the beginning of the season because they had two standout players. And now you take away, I mean, it would be like us if we took away a Wassa and and a Ray Sari or a Sam Werner or something like that. So, uh, John, going into this Saturday, based on what we saw tactic-wise, formation-wise, and I guess our run of form, who do you expect to see on our team on the pitch to start the game? And do you see us in a 5-4-1, or do you think we go back to a four-man back line? I think we go back
2: to a four-man back line. I think we're going to see uh, 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 Bonomo back up up top. Um, I think the coach, he he's scored against America's on 20s. I think that's going to give the coach a little bit of confidence. I think he'll put him back up, and I think he'll also put w- Owasa back at a number 10.
0: Yeah, Bonomo made a, a lot of really good plays last night at the against the America U-20 team. Obviously an uh, inferior opponent, but there was some good link-up play there. So maybe we will see him back. What do you think, Casey? I
1: think we're only going to see the 5-4-1 against the more... Attacking-minded opponents, I think against our Phoenixes and, and, and some of the higher-place teams, the teams with the more potent offensive-mindedness going forward, uh, I don't see Rio Grande being that team. Unfortunately, it's not a team that we're going to be too overwhelmed by their potential to attack. So I think we're going to play the four-two-three-one that we've seen in the past, probably something more similar to that, back to what Elliot's comfort zone is.
0: Yeah. I think I agree with you guys there. Uh, Even if we do play five in the back, I think we're going to see a very high-pressing team out there. So, uh, to me, I want to ask you first, does Barahona get another start, or does Shannon Gomez return to his starting position?
1: This is absolutely a question I wanted to talk about today, Um, because I've been a fan of Gomez since he came to the club big fan i, I, I think I, we all are i think he's been terrific for us i mean he's played almost every minute of every game since he came he's came here he's
0: arguably our best defender
1: and our most consistent we're gaming yeah. game out he is doing amazing things for us and he gets back he hustles so i hate to see him go out but is mccrary and barahona uh, better are they more experienced are they going to provide more Maybe. I hate to say that, but I, I would think that those two have the more overall experience in games like the one we saw against Portland where you need that experience. And Gomez hasn't been the best going forward, honestly. So if you're going to yeah. play the 5-4-1 where you're going to expect those wingbacks, those left-back, right-back to get upfield and create options, maybe Gomez isn't the best guy for that role.
0: Barajona's got a couple things going for him. A, he's the one outside back that we have that has a left foot. And B, I mean, he is the best attacking defender that we have. I mean, we've seen enough. McCrary's had his moments. Gomez, even though he can fly up and down the wing, doesn't really have an end product. We've seen that before. There's no
1: offensive end. Yeah,
0: his shots are usually pretty easy to corral for the opposing keepers. His crosses are I subpar. I think the shots
1: he's had for us on one hand. He doesn't really take opportunities.
0: Right. So, we'll see what happens, but I definitely think his his minutes have obviously been going up. He's just got to start. John, what do you think? If you're Elliot Saturday night, even, let's say you, he goes with your four-man back line, does Barahona slot in as that left back, or do we see Gomez and McCurry handle those two on the I I think
2: we definitely see Barahona. Um, I think there was a reason we signed him even after the season started. I agree. Um, and I think potentially, I mean Gomez has been a fantastic player. He hasn't gotten, you know, he hasn't I don't know know if he has the same skill set as Barahona. But he's
0: a right back but, playing left back, right? Like we can yeah. we can agree to that, 100%. right?
2: Which I think maybe coach finds a different way to play him. Which he's done with players time and again. Iwasa as a number 10, for example. Um, So, maybe we see that. I would
1: prefer Gomez over McCrary myself. I just don't think McCrary's also had the offensive end product that we had hoped.
0: I think McCrary and Gomez, I think we're going to see Gomez play more time at right back. I don't know if that means he'll replace McCrary. I don't know if that means he won't play left back at all. But, to be honest, I think... Board might be the odd man out when it comes to rotational minutes, to, to be honest. Which we, we've seen that. I don't disagree
1: yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah I, unfortunately his name's not even probably being thrown in the race right now when you're talking about everyone fit and ready to go. So, so
0: let's talk about uh, the rest of the back line. Horace and Tanner in the back, or do we see Mahoney and Kanan get some minutes?
1: I uh, well, I think Tainter starts automatically, so I'm going to say that one. He's my go-to center back right now. He's consistent moving forward with his passing. He's been very good for us this season. Um, but I still like Kynan. I think he just offers the calm, cool head in the back. Uh, I think he's got the experience we want from a center back and a captain on the field. When he's on, he's the captain, and he provides that head also for that. So I tend to lean to Kynan for that reason, but – Harris is young. He's got the energy. He's got the, the passion to do it, so it's hard not to want to put him into.
0: Yeah, I think we'll see on that. I, I'm i kind of leaning that we'll see Harris and Tainer, and I think Mahoney might be getting a, more minutes from here on out than, than uh, Kanan, but we'll see. I'm not sure. But I do expect Ray Sari to be back in the midfield.
2: Absolutely.
0: You know, it's he's one of those guys, you give him a rest every once in a while, and then he's right back in there. You just put him in. He is one yellow card away from suspension. I do want to point that out. Um, so maybe he doesn't start just because if you, what is it, five games in a row, you get a yellow, yeah. guard, yellow card taken away. I think he's like three or four in a row right now, so.
1: Maybe give him a rest for a game. We'll
0: see about that. But do you, John, do you think we'll see Sari and Awasa back in the starting 11? I think we will.
2: Um, and I think that they'll both be important i prefer to see Awasa as striker, but I think we'll see it again as a number 10. I think we'll see sorry, back as just a regular mid. Uh, back to
1: some of that same old, same old from Atlanta
2: you know? Uh, that's what I'm expecting. Uh, but Coach has been, you know, past couple games, he's shown us some interesting things, so... Maybe we'll see that going forward. I
0: yeah, I would assume that Awasa's is back in there, uh, probably in the 10 role, although I'd prefer him at striker. I think for me, I think this is a game where Sam Warner gets a rest. I think his performances have kind of dipped lately. We haven't seen the Sam Warner from maybe a month ago, two months ago, and I think it's just a lot of minutes. You know, It's his first year in the USL. So I think we'll see Tyler Blackwood get a shot at the wing. He just played. He had some good runs last game. I thought, thought it was a decent showing from him. But we know that Blackwood is capable of playing on the wing and up top. So I think we see a BJ B-Jet-Blackwood combo. What do you think about that?
1: I, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think Blackwood's got the speed. We've talked about it. Me and John have also had the opinion that a couple games when he played the wing earlier, I thought he looked good taking people on one-on-one and making those runs. But it's just the end product wasn't there. And so, if he's going to play him, we need to see more end product from him in that position. We need to see more chances created than we saw before. But I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all.
0: John, what do you think? Who plays
2: on the wings for you this Saturday? Uh, well, I, I think Coach will definitely have Bijev on the wing. Yeah. Um, I prefer him not there, but I think we'll have him there. I um, I'll go ahead and say Blackwood. Um, I think Coach played Blackwood, gave him the minutes for a reason, and rested, rested others for a reason. I think he wants to get Blackwood up to more fitness. Um, it would be nice to see a injury.
0: Warner come off the bench, too, because he, he's kind of that spark plug type of player. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you can still use him even though you don't start him, right? Like well, Bring him on fantastic. in the 70th minute or something for that last 20-minute push. So. Well, and
1: Warner's been fantastic. Let's not discredit oh, yeah. this man at all.
0: He's arguably been the second best player of the, on the team yeah, this season. Yeah, so
1: when we talk about him getting a rest, yeah, maybe he comes off the bench in the 70th minute. But then he's right back in the starting lineup next sure. week after that. So let's sure. not discredit anyone. He,
0: he has been, our, our at least attacking-wise, our second most valuable attacking player yeah. this year. But against Rio Grande
1: Valley, this would be a game to rest some of those guys that Light Warner, who's Heck, got minutes. Maybe we even uh, get some, give some academy guys some well, minutes. Well, yeah, even Tainter, like in the back line, maybe gets a rest. And you do put Mahoney in there with a Harris, and see how they do.
0: Quick note too, uh, we have a game next Wednesday, so only a couple days rest between next Wednesday, Toros and M- New Mexico. Right? Yeah, yeah, and New Mexico. New Mexico. So. Maybe we see a little bit more rotation right now, but like I mentioned earlier, these next six games, that's a huge opportunity for us to to really climb the standings. We have a couple games in hand. We have a couple favorable opponents, so we'll see what happens. But, Casey, let's go to the predictions. What's the score prediction? What do you see happening?
1: I'm going with the nice and safe and cozy 2-0 for us. Um,
0: I always make the mistake by going last. I I always get the last pick.
1: I love going first because I can just take the nice, easy route. (laughs) Not 2-0. I I don't think Rio Grande is a team that we're going to have to worry too much about attacking on. I think our guys can go and focus on being offensive. We even saw it against the under-20 Team America. Or uh, Club America Team America. Fuck yeah. America, um, you know, we are an attacking team. We feel more comfortable when we're in possession and moving forward. So I hope we can do that against Rio Grande and get the 2 Who's scoring for you? If Blackwood's in, I'd like to see him get a goal for his confidence. So I'll say Blackwood will get one. And when I was in, you're gonna assume he's gonna get one too. So we'll just go with I was in. All right,
0: John, go ahead. I'm assuming you're gonna pick a two-one. I am not actually.
2: Oh! <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be very controversial here. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. All right, gonna you ready? The, the you ready? Draw
0: on the road. For no, a loss.
2: I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a three-two. three-two. Is that a win or a loss? A win.
0: Okay. Three-two. Uh, three-two to the good uh, guys. Hold on. We never score goals and we're playing a team that hasn't scored no, in that's four not true. straight games. We
2: had a run of games where we, we scored, scored one goal in our last scored, three
0: games.
1: No we did score like twelve goals there, there though, was like, like there was like three or games, four
2: games you know. where we score scored our lowest score was three. Would right? you agree that
0: five goals would definitely be an underdog output in this game? Maybe.
2: I I, I mean they did just they So Phoenix Phoenix FC has been amazing, and they just lost only by one to Phoenix. But they didn't score. No, they didn't. But Phoenix (laughs) is the best team by far in the USL. Well, and if they only lost by one point.
0: But they also drew Tacoma at home. We lost to Tacoma. Yes, but we didn't lose to that (laughs) Tacoma. They (laughs) lost to the real Tacoma Defiance. They they drew the real Tacoma Defiance
2: 0-0, nil-nil. I'm still going to say 3-2. I am not confident our defense. They've been very lackluster this season. They've conceded goals when they shouldn't have against opponents they shouldn't have. I think maybe we get a little too cocky and maybe we lose our focus a little bit. I I do think that their defense shows us we can score the goals we need to because we know we're capable of scoring those goals finally. Um, But... I'm, I'm concerned about our, our concentration, about, about especially against a team that, that is not performing. All right, so who's on the score sheet for you? Uh, let's see. Obviously, Wassa. wassa gets one. You got to put
1: Wassa on there. Bon-
2: Bonomo gets a brace again. All
1: right, to be fair to John, we are a team that's super inconsistent, and they're a team that's kind of unpredictable at this moment with players leaving and things like that, and new players maybe coming in and filling those spots. So... Could be. To be fair.
2: Which and they're due a goal. So
1: yeah, they're doing goal. to be fair, like
0: I said. Yeah, I'll split the difference here. I think both teams score, but I don't think five goals are scored. Two one to the good guys. Uh, you know, you have to say Awasa because A, he's our best shooter inside the box and around the box and he takes all the penalties when he's in. So you gotta say that he's gonna get on the score sheet. Just yes, commentator.
1: Buddy back here.
0: Yeah, but I also agree. I think Bonomo gets on the score sheet. I don't yeah, know why I have this good. confidence in him, he, but uh, I think it, it might happen.
2: He, even though he's not been performing, he's a fantastic player. To me, it's just he needs to find his form. So that that's why I feel Bonomo. He's gotten a brace before in USL play. I think he'll get it again.
0: All right. So two one. Let us know your thoughts. We want to know what you think about the last performance. Let us know what you think is going to happen this Saturday night. And, of course, we'd love to interact with you. Uh, next Wednesday is a home game. Yeah. So I'm going to dress up as Quail Man if I can find the stuff. Whoa. You heard him say it. Quail Man. We'll so. try to
1: have a post-match or a, a match build-up. I keep saying post-match. This is bad. Post-match. Stop drinking. We'll have the pre-match build-up uh, uh, coming up for that one, obviously. Okay.
0: Absolutely. So thanks again for your
1: support and thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.